We have been for several weeks dealing with the subject of uh, faithfulness. And the more we deal with it, the more I'm coming to the place of seeing it as a, a foundation for success and power. The other night, uh, Wednesday, after the Wednesday night service, one of the things the Spirit of God said to me, he said, many have walked by faith, but they hadn't done it faithfully. So you can have faith and lack faithfulness, and your faith won't produce all that it can produce. You can have the anointing and have anointed things, but without faithfulness, it won't produce all that it can and that it should produce. So tonight we're going to get into some things that, that I'm sure will, will be a blessing to you. Let's read uh, Proverbs 28 and verse 20 together. Ready? Read. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Now here's what he says. The guy who's faithful, this is the guy that's going to abound with the empowerments to prosper or the anointing to prosper. This is the guy that's going to walk in the blessings of God. Now, I don't know anybody that's not after the blessings of God. Right here, he has given us the prerequisite to operating in the blessings of God, and yet we said faithfulness is also the hardest thing to get people to do. But we begin to understand the trustworthiness that God is looking for, the reliability that God is looking for, the dependability that God is looking for, the steadfastness that God is looking for to depend on you to continue to do what you were last instructed to do by him. Those are very vital and very important things. And I see God saying very clearly that I'm not going to let you be religious and get away with walking in blessings. That you're going to have to live this as a life because faithfulness is demanding life. It is saying you're going to have to do this for a life. It is saying that if you want the blessings of God, you got to live this way. You're not going to be able to, uh, you know, play around and do the form, you know, do a lot of... That's why God hates hip hypocrisy so much because hypocrisy just is an enemy to, to faithfulness. And it's the individual who says, I can do the form or I can do halfway or I can live a half kind of life or a double standard kind of life and uh, still think he can walk in the blessings of God. But God's calling for a faithful lifestyle. Say this out loud. I am faithful, I am faithful. to God and his word. God's, God's calling for a life of faithfulness. And I think it's time for us to begin to, to give him the, what he's calling for. Now, come on over here with me uh, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I tell you, the more I study this subject on faithfulness, the bigger it gets. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. In fact, let's start at verse 1. Because we're going to go to our fifth enemy of faithfulness tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Let's read verses 1 and 2 together. Ready? Read. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards 
of the mysteries of God. Now, steward, underline that word steward. Steward, let a man so account of us as ministers of the anointed one in his anointing and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, a steward is a manager. A steward is a someone who's uh, looking over or managing the goods of another. Now, right here he is saying that uh, uh, we should be accounted, all of us, he's saying we should be accounted as stewards of the mysteries of God. In other words, uh, are you going to be a good manager over God's mysteries? You know, uh, stewardship and faithfulness, they go hand in hand. Are you going to be a steward or, or how good of a steward are you going to be over or what kind of a steward do you need to be over the mysteries of God? And then he goes to verse 2 and he answers that question of what kind of steward we need to be. In verse 2 he says, moreover, it is required. Everybody say required. He said, it is required. Everybody say required. All right, sounds to me like, uh, you know, we're not doing eeny, meeny, miny, mo here. This sounds like a requirement. Uh, or I'll take it a little farther. It sounds like a command. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't sound like me like a request. It sounds like me like it's a requirement. And, 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 you know, if we don't keep requirement, you know, we're keeping ourselves from some things. But he says right here, moreover, it is required in stewards. Now, here's what I asked myself when I read this, this, this uh, scripture here. I asked myself this question. I, I said, am I a steward of God? And, and I, answered, I answered the question, yes, I am a steward of God. Well, let me show you something now and show you how stewardship and faithfulness goes hand in hand. If you say you are a steward of God, here's the requirement of being a steward of God. A steward is required that a man, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found what? So what's, notice how that goes now. If you say you're a steward, then, then what are you saying? You're faithful. And if you're saying you're faithful, then you can also be what? A steward. But you cannot call yourself a steward if you have not been, watch this, found faithful. So he's not talking about a steward that is in the process of becoming faithful. He's talking about someone who has already passed the test of faithfulness and he has been found faithful. Now, folks, listen to this very carefully here. This may be the reason why a lot of God's stuff has not yet been put into your hands. Because if you are a steward of God, he says, it's required that stewards be found faithful. And here again, it is saying to us that before we can get the blessings of God, we're going to have to pass the test of faithfulness. That we're not going to get the blessings of God without, without, without passing the test called, called faithfulness. If you want to pass the, the test called faithfulness, you've you got to... You got to You've got to do the things that, that require you to be faithful if you're going to be a steward of God. Now, if you're not going to be a steward of God, here's what the Bible's saying very clear. I'm not going to entrust you with my goods. I'm not going to entrust you with my stuff. Because God puts his goods in the hands of stewards. And stewards are found faithful. And stewards 
has the test of faithfulness. Now forgive me tonight if I, if I try my best to gut you. I'm really going to start off real slow here, but doggone it. How clear does that scripture have to get? It's like, when are we going to take the test serious? We are tested every day where our faithfulness is, is concerned. And our life will remain on that same mountain until we pass that test called faithfulness. Our finances are going to remain in the same level until we pass that, that test called faithfulness. You know, when God told me to sow that million dollars, I'll tell you what that was. That was a test of faithfulness to determine if I was going to go on the next level. And if I'd have flunked that test of faithfulness, I'd have just stayed right there on that mountain, hoping and wishing and praying that God would give me a promotion. And I tell you, we're doing a lot of hoping and a wishing and a praying, and we're not moving off that mountain because we're not understanding the laws that govern promotion. And the laws that govern promotion says you must first be successful in passing the test before you're promoted to the next level. And God is desiring to promote you to the next level, but you know, we're not passing the main test in order to graduate. You know, when I, went, when I transferred from, from West Virginia down here to went to college here in Georgia, there was a test that everybody had to pass in order to, to graduate. It's called, it was, I think it was a regent's test. If you didn't pass that regent's test, you did not graduate. And I think right now they got something in high school where you got to, you, you can go to high school, but if you don't pass a certain test, you don't graduate. They just simply give you a certificate of participation. Just says you participated. <laughs> How many of you know when you get to heaven, you don't want a certificate of participation? You know, you just live. You know, I heard about the crowns and all that stuff. I want, uh, listen, it's all some of us got left. You understand what I'm saying? We don't want no certificate of participation. But God is looking for the people who will pass the test called faithfulness. When will God be able to depend on you? When will God be able to rely on you? When will you, in the eyes of God, become trustworthy? Can God trust you with his power, with his anointing? Can God trust you with money that he wants to transfer out of the hands of the wicked into the hands of the righteous? We shout, we do cartwheels over these great and mighty prophecies and the word that comes over through this pulpit, and, we, and we, we're, we're, we're not recognizing that we have our part, God has his part. God, listen, I, you remember this, this, this saying, uh, uh, God is in control. Remember that? You know, that's not true. Boy, that's shocking, isn't it? I saw some of your faces like, oh, they done went cold on us. No. God, somebody said, God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. Well, now, let me ask you something now. Now, don't you think about this real good. If God is so in control, how come you and I have the ability to stop it? If God is so in control, then how come we can't, how come he can't overcome our rebellion to, oh boy. How come, <laughs> how come he can't overcome our rebellion when we decide to, when we decide we're not going to obey him? 
God is limited in this physical realm working through your life based on what you will and what you won't do. And that's a fact. God Almighty has, the, he, he desires so much to do so much more than what you're getting right now. But you know he can't do it. He can't do it because of what you are not doing or what you're doing. And you're the only one, you're the only one that has the ability to determine whether or not God can be, control in, can be in control in your life or whether or not God cannot be in control of your life. You're the only one. You're the only one. And I tell you where my heart is tonight. I had a talk with God this afternoon, and I asked the Lord some things. I said, God, there's some things I don't quite understand. And I said, I'd like for you to talk to me about some of these things. Why is it that the world, <laughs> a man can go and put a basketball in a realm and he becomes a hero? He's not changing my life. A man can go and beat up another man and he becomes America's hero. A guy can pretend and they film it and put it on a big screen and he becomes somebody's idol. I said, Lord, please, if you ain't busy, help me to understand this. And God just simply said, if scripture been written for so long, Satan has blinded the minds. They can only see what they can see. They don't understand all that. And folks, I want you to hear me tonight. I got a lot of nice scriptures I want to share with you tonight, but you got to get this first point. You've got to pass the test. Faithfulness says God told you to do something, and you keep on doing it until you get other instructions. It ain't no such thing as, I used to be faithful. Because if you used to be faithful, that means you ain't faithful now. Are you understand what I'm saying? Faithfulness is this, baby, it's this thing that just keeps going. It just keeps going, and it, it's, it's like that little, that little commercial, that little bunny hitting that thing on his head. It just keeps going, and so on, and going, and going, and going, and going, and going, and going. And I'm hungry for you to pass the test called faithfulness because I know what's on the other side of you passing the test. Promotion. Examine your life. Lord, where am I failing faithfulness? Where am I failing faithfulness? And God will show you. And I promise you, when you pick that test back up, and faithfulness is not faithfulness, until you pass the test called faithfulness. And it's a subject, it's the hardest thing to get people to do is to be faithful. It's one of the hardest things on the flesh is to get people to be faithful. Why? Why is it so hard and why is it such a challenge to get people to be faithful? Because obviously the devil and all of hell knows what will happen if a faithful man is found? He knows what will happen if a faithful man is found. I mean, by you being faithful, half the battle's already won right there. Half the battle's already won. You've already set yourself up for blessing right there just by being faithful. Just by being a faithful man and a faithful woman of God. I tell you, folks, I'm, I'm so fed up with seeing people take God as good as he is and as good as he's been, 
for granted. And they take their service to the Lord and they turn it into their obligation instead of their opportunity. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying, man. I'm let me go, let me go to church so I can fulfill, fulfill my obligation. Do you know, do you know what a privilege it is to offer service to the Lord and we've reduced it down to an obligation? Oh, I need to go because I'm obligated to go. Oh, I need to go because, you know, we obligated to get two feeders. Or I need to go because, you know, I'm obligated. It's my night to usher or my night to work the cameras or it's our night to sing. So I'm obligated to do these things. You know, I am so glad God doesn't do what he does out of obligation. Because the one thing about doing things out of obligation, one day you're going to get tired. But it's another thing to do it because it's a privilege. It's a privilege. I want you to hear this, folks. It's a privilege. It's an opportunity. It, it's uh, to be able to give service to God. I was thinking, I said, you know, <laughs> I said, you know, Lord, I, I can't quit on you. And we were just kind of talking, practicing the presence. He says, well, why is that? I said, I owe you too much. He said, what are you talking about? I said, Lord, you done done too much for me. I, I owe you too much. I can't quit on you. I owe you too much. I, I'm, too, I'm too indebted. And he says, well, you know, I don't require anything of you. I said, yeah, Lord, you don't require nothing of me but my life. And so I can't quit because if I have to pay you back with my life, it's worth it because only I know how good you've been to me. Remember that old folks say, you don't know like I know what, what God's done for, for me. I don't know like you know like God has done what he's done for you. And you can't tell it like I can tell it what God's done for me because you don't know you wasn't there. You don't know when and you don't know where. I mean, you get, listen, you get to thinking about stuff like this and all of a sudden it's a privilege now. I don't feel obligated. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to stand and to be chosen and anointed by God to feed his sheep. What a privilege. And it should be a privilege to sit and receive his word. Oh, how precious is the word of a living God. Word that's going to change our mind and word that's going to change our heart and word that's going to change our lives. And I asked God to give me some temperance and some balance in that. Because it made me mad. Doggone it. You know, it's time something wrong, you want to come holler. Time something ain't working right, you want to come holler. Oh, Lord, then. Oh, Lord. Why not just praise him while it's calm? Why not pray when, they, when you don't need nothing? When everything's going all right. Why not give when you, don't, when you ain't trying to get something? Jesus Christ. Why not lift your hands up before anybody say, lift your hands up? Why not dance without an invitation to dance? Why not, you know, do all the things we do because either somebody, you know, makes us feel we obligated to do it or tell us we're doing it, and we, we don't understand. We don't understand. We should have been in hell. But the mercy and the grace of God, the grace of God was sufficient for you and for me. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. 
I just can't get tired of this God who keeps showing up for me every day with brand new mercy. He didn't show up this morning with yesterday's mercy. He showed up this morning with a brand new batch of mercy. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to get tired of him. I'm not going to get bored with him. I'm not going to get fed up because he's done too much for me. And, and I'm, I'm not going to do it. I don't, I don't, you know, everybody can leave and leave two people in the dome. And I still show up and preach like 100,000 folks here because of God's daily faithfulness to me. You know, the Bible says the goodness of God uh, brings a man to repentance. You start looking at the goodness of God. And I tell you, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry for a faithful people. I still hadn't figured it out yet. How come I got to do two services on Sunday and one on Friday? How come I got to do two services Sunday and one on Wednesday? I don't understand. I don't understand. It's like we chose, we picked the day that we, we, we choose to, to give service to the Lord. I, I don't understand. Why two services on Sunday and one on Wednesday? I ought to be doing two services on Wednesday. I should have to start preaching at 6 o'clock. And do a clock for service that's an hour power from 6 to 7.30 and one from 7.30 to 8.30. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. But a lot of people hadn't passed the test of faith. They say they faith. But it's time for us to abound in blessings. God is only going to bless those who are, who are found. You know what he's saying there? Every time I see you, I see faithfulness. I found one day, he's faithful, there you go. Every time I look around, I found him faithful again. I found him faithful again. I found him faithful last week. I found him faithful yesterday. I'm finding him faithful today. That's the ones I'm gonna put my stuff in. So if you don't have the goods, it's because you don't have the character called faithfulness. And that's the honest to God truth, folks. Without the screaming and the hollering and the cartwheel, that's a heavy word right now. That you keep showing up, and you keep showing up, and you keep showing up. You, you know, one of the reasons why I'm so blessed, and I don't mind telling you, I am a blessed man of God. A blessed man of God. Blessed man. Well, because I've been faithful for 18 years. You know, after a while, that's going to do something. You understand what I'm saying? Out of all of the 558, 11 million times I wanted to quit, I kept being faithful. And I'm telling you something, something, listen, I told you God is a long distance runner. He won't see who's going to be there at the end of the mile. Not somebody that's going to do a quick sprint, come in here this week, get fired up, we don't see you no more. Come in here and tell me, oh, the Lord is good, hallelujah, hey, me, mama, shana. hey, I got a revelation, oh, mama, kana. oh, I see angels, oh, yes, sir, oh, fire, oh, mama, 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 three weeks gone by, don't even see you no more. I like what Phil says. People don't remember how you start, but they do remember how you finish. <laughs> honey, I want to start good, but honey, I want to finish strong. Yeah. I don't want to just go out, dwindle out to nothing, and one day somebody turn the TV on and say, whatever happened to that black guy? <laughs> right. The only answer I want to tell him is he moved to a better time. You understand what I'm saying? Faithful. Faithfulness. 
produces that. So I hope I provoke something in you to, to say, Lord, show me where I have been flunking in the area of faithfulness. Show me, because you said a faithful man abounds in blessings. Without any formulas, without, without any of the, you know, uh, all of this kind of stuff we try to do to get blessed, a faithful man abounds in blessings. It's the character that God is looking for to abound in blessings. A lot of people want the anointing, but you got to have the character. you got to have a character. I want to raise my children up in character, in honor, in integrity. So when the anointing comes on them, they'll have enough character to sustain it. Rather than putting the anointing on people. See, the anointing makes you very attractive. It, it makes, you, you know, makes you outstanding. But the fact of the matter is, if you don't have any character with that anointing, you'll soon do something to run that anointing off you because you don't have any character. Or you'll quit and that anointing will go from anointing to talent. Because if God gave it, he can't repent and change his mind about it. Now, uh, amen. Praise the Lord. Just glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just, I don't know, give the Lord a clap or something. I, I feel good about what I just said, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, we want to get into something, and, and I, I don't think I took too much time up, just a little bit. Lord, have mercy. About, what, 25 minutes? I got about 30. Now, watch this now. One day, I promise to heaven, somebody's going to say all night, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to see, I'm going to see, I'm going to see. I did that only one time in my ministry, boy. And, and they did pretty good, but see, y'all tempting, folks. Y'all tempting the brother, you understand? And I got all night in me tonight, so be careful. Be tempting the brother. You'll see the sunrise. And I watch this now. We are talking about the enemies to faithfulness. We're at our fifth enemy. Check it out, folks. This is a good one tonight. Here's the fifth enemy to faithfulness. It's called impatience. Whoa. That got a response. Impatience is an enemy to faithfulness. Just meditate on it a while and you'll see why. Impatience is an enemy to faithfulness. Well, we automatically know that if we're going to understand impatience, we've got to understand what? Patience. And we know that an impatient man is obviously a man with, that doesn't have patience. We know that he's a man that doesn't, that doesn't operate in patience. So in order to get a hold of how dangerous impatience is to faithfulness, we've got to find out what what patience is and what it does and then we begin to see how how impatience becomes an enemy to faithfulness because I'm telling you if it's one thing that stops faithfulness you know faithfulness will cause you to abound in blessings but if impatience stops faithfulness it stops blessings so an impatient man will be a man who will never abound in the blessings of God he'll start doing the right thing but his impatience never allows him to see the end of his faith. Give you a perfect example. Uh, the other day we were in a board meeting and I was making some toast. Well, I was standing there and I put my toast in the little toaster and it wasn't toasting fast, fast enough. And so I decided instead of waiting for it to come up, I decided to kind of hit it. And it came up and, and, and you know, the bread was just, just a little stiff, but it wasn't toasting. All right, then I stuck it back down and, and then I'm looking a little bit, it just seemed like it needed to go a little quicker. 
hit it again. Then it was just like a little, little spot brown. And all I had to do was stick it in there and just leave it there. Just leave it alone. And it would have been fine. Well, see, that's what we do. You know, somebody says prayers to answer. We go home and pray. But uh, we pray one day and we look around and we don't see none. We get impatient and we don't pray no more for about three weeks. And then we go and we pray again. And we just like that toast, you see. It, you know, it's trying, prayer trying to work on your situation. But it can't because you keep changing the system. And impatience stops faithfulness every time. Impatience will stop faithfulness cold in its tracks. I mean, it'll actually shut it down and you will not abound in the blessings of God. Now, I'd like to begin in Psalms 37, if you can flip over there. I want to show you what the Bible says about an impatient man. It shows you what he talks about, about patience. And then we want to go through the scriptures tonight. And I want to show you some things in the Word of God that will bring faith to your life where patience is concerned, but will also bring faith to your life not to operate in impatience and to stay away from that, that impatient spirit and, and, and really achieve the things I believe God wants us to have. You know, it's almost impossible for faithful people of this church not to abound in blessings. How in the world can you not abound in blessings? Sunday, I'm teaching on how to get out of debt, 20 strategies. We spend all this time on faithfulness, the, the master key to getting connected to the power of God. I tell you, something ought to happen. Something ought to happen or be happening. Something. It ought not be just coming to church. Something ought to be happening. And now watch this now. Look at verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thy... <laughs> hey, buddy. How you doing, man? You doing all right? Good man. Walk with me for a while. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. You don't want to walk with me? You do? What's this? Okay. All right. You're a good man. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You going to walk with me a little bit? Come on, let's walk this way. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait. What? I like this. He said, rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Now, if you're trying to make something happen, you ain't resting, are you? Bible says, rest in the Lord. That means to cease from your labor. To cease from you trying to make it happen and rely on and depend on faithfully the power of God to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Rest in the Lord and wait how? Patiently for him. Now notice what he says. The resting in the Lord part and the waiting on the Lord patiently are connected. Ceasing from your labor. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Somebody said, won't he let that little boy go? Because the Spirit of God told me not to. <laughs> told me to walk him around because he's making some deposits in him, even as we walk. Oh, hallelujah. 
Yeah, this, this, this child's going to have lots of anointings on him. And it ain't going to wait till he turn a teenager. In just two years, there'll be great wisdom beginning to flow out of this child like water. It'll begin to flow out of him. My God, he'll speak things to grown-ups that'll make you say, how old is that boy? That's caused the wisdom coming. And in these last days, God spoke something concerning children and spoke something concerning young men. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And it's time for you to recognize that your children have an anointing on them. And when that anointing kicks in, don't look at them as a little child. That's God. You better respect that anointing that's going through your child because it's no longer, it's no longer your child. That's God. Now, when the anointing leaves them, they're going to be child again. They're going to need to be disciplined and whooped and all that. But when that anointing's on them, you better recognize when the anointing of the Holy Ghost is on your children. Hallelujah. You ready to go back to your seat? Okay, you can go back to your seat now. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him. Oh, I like this. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, forsake that. See, notice he said rest, and then he says cease from anger and, and, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth for yet the little while that the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place. And, oh, I like, oh, God, y'all got to get what he's saying here. Back up a little bit. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Now back up a little bit more. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that serve the Lord, wait on the Lord, worship the Lord, they shall inherit the earth for yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently, thou shalt diligently, there's a steady now, there's your faithfulness, thou shalt diligently consider, consider, consider the wicked's place. Consider the wicked CEO. Y'all getting this? Consider his place like he's going to get ready to move in a minute. Consider the rich man's place. And it shall not be, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Now let's do a study here on the word Patience. You back up here again? What do you want now? Oh, I thought somebody just gave you some money. Did that guy give you some money when you came down? He did? Want some more money? You got some more money? There you go. All right, I don't want to receive nothing else tonight now. Now's not the time to receive anything. I don't want to receive anything because I got to get this revelation out, okay? Nothing else. Nobody come up to me. Last person come up to me is right there, okay? All right? Got to get this word out. See, you got to know when the time to receive and when the time not to receive. And now it's not time to receive. You remember when uh, the prophet told his servant that? He said, now it's not the time to receive. And uh, he had leprosy, this guy. Naaman showed up with leprosy. 
and he got healed and Gehazi went after him and tried to get the money that Elijah said one time to see and he was cursed for the rest of his life and then the next chapter it was time to receive you understand what I'm saying you got to flow with the Holy Ghost the key to operating in prosperity you got to know when it's time to give and when it's time to receive if you don't know when it's time to receive, then you could be a victim of the love of money. Are you learning anything here? You got to know when it's time to receive. I'll talk more about that later. Now, let's deal with patience here. Let's look at this and let's see what it's about. Turn with me, and I believe by the Spirit of God, what I might need to do is I might need to show lots of scripture here so that this can get in. Luke 18. Luke chapter 18. Now, let me give you a definition for the word patience so that uh, you'll know how to apply it with impatience. Luke chapter 8 verse 15. Patience is not defined as the world would define it. The world defines patience as putting up with. You're like you're in traffic and uh, somebody says, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be patient. Well, actually, what you're saying is, I'm just going to put up with the traffic. But that's not what it means. Patience means consistently, constantly the same. It means remaining the same through traffic. In other words, if you were practicing the presence of God before you ran into traffic, then even in, even in the traffic, you're going to continue to practice the presence of God that you were doing before you ran into traffic. Patience means remaining the same, continuing on the same, constantly the same, consistently the same. Now notice here what the Bible has to say, Luke 18. Get your pens and pads ready. We're going to get this stuff down here. Luke 18, Luke 8, 15. Let's read verse 15 together. <laughs> ready? Read. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, Keep it and bring forth fruit and bring forth fruit. I mean, how many of you want to bring forth fruit? How many of you want to bring forth fruit? And I, I, are you noticing right here in this scripture, it says that you're going to have to have some what? In order to do what? You're going to have to have some what? In order to bring forth what? Right, now, let's define that. You're going to have to be constant. You have to be consistently constant the same. Listen, so many of us are doing the right thing. We're just not doing it long enough. And he says, I need you to be consistently constantly the same. And by you being consistently constantly the same, you're going to bring something forth. Your consistency and your constancy, watch this, which is called faithfulness, is going to bring some fruit to pass. Oh, praise the Lord. All right, go to Luke 21. Luke 21. Luke 21, verse 19. I tell you, patience needs to be taught to every born-again believer. Verse 19. Read it together. Ready? Read. In your possess, possess your soul how? Possess your soul how? Hey, how many of you know your soul needs to be possessed? Your mind getting running crazy telling you it ain't going to work and this ain't going to do this and da-da-da-da. Notice what he said, possess your soul. 
All right, how do I possess my soul? How do I possess my soul? What do I do? I possess my soul by what? I'm going to keep doing it. How am I possess, possess my soul? I'm going to be constantly, consistently the same. All right, your mind messing with you and you're let thoughts get in your mind, tell you tithing ain't no good or y'all not be tithing. What's the worst thing you can do? You'll lose your soul. You stop, that's when the confusion will come in like never before. Well, how do you possess your soul? I'm just going to keep on tithing and I'm going to keep on doing it and I'm going to keep on doing it, and I'm going to keep on doing it. And what, 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 what's happening? I'm possessing my soul. I am saying to my soul that the thought that told me to stop, I now possess it with my constant consistency to continue. The thought that said, no more prayer, I possess it by praying like never before. I just stay the same in my patience. My patience will, will possess my soul. My patience, oh, that is so good. This is a, this is a revelation for an, an addict or an addiction. If there is an addiction or sex addiction or drug addiction, regardless of the addiction, or lasciviousness, and you're having problems finding the break. Find out what's right from the Bible to do and keep doing it. Somebody said, what are you doing? Well, the urge is going to come, but that's all right. You're possessing your soul. Because an urge is a result of a soul situation. And as long as you keep doing it, and 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 keep doing it, one day you're going to wake up and not want to do it. What have you done? You've possessed your soul through patience. Patience, possessing your soul. Now, come on over here to Romans 5 and 3. Romans 5 and 3. Romans 5 and 3. A lot of time when doubt is in your head, that's when you need to possess your soul. Look at this. Uh, let's, start, uh, let's start at verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, watch this carefully, but we glory in... We glory in, not for, we glory in, not for, we glory in tribulation. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Now, that word worketh does not mean nor does it imply produce or manufacture. That word worketh in its Greek form means to employ not produce because if you if you translate it produce it would now mean that trouble is what produces patience and that's not true and then you'd have everybody now glorifying trouble because trouble gives you patience and patience gives you fruit so you know that can't be if, if trouble gives patience then we all ought to be very constantly consistently the same just don't be full. that trouble produce patience. But it employs patience. In other words, it says, when trouble comes, now is the time to employ patience. Trouble arises and patience comes to attack it. Do you see that? Get the picture of here's trouble and trouble is on the offense, but patience is now on the defense. Now watch this. Tribulation, knowing that tribulation employs patience. 
Oh, Lord, give me something. I need, I need for everybody to get, get a hold of this. Okay. Oh, let's see. Good example. I need a Bible example. Okay. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, how many of you know a fire furnace is trouble, especially when they're talking about throwing you in? <laughs> trouble, right? All right, check this out now. Watch patience. Patience didn't show up when they were in the furnace. It had already started. Oh, glory to God. They had already declared, we are not bound down to nobody but God. And, if, and, then, and then the king said, well, you're going to bow down, and you don't bow down, then we're going to have to put you in the fire front. He said, do whatever you've got to do. But we still ain't bound down to you. And our God is well able to deliver us out of this too. So you do whatever you got. You think this going to scare us? Man, you ain't scaring us, man. Because we know what our God going to do. We know him for ourselves. Now, what you going to do? Provoke the king? Throw him in there. He threw him in there. And the guy that threw him in there got burned up. That's how hot it was. Now, watch this. Patience was working before the furnace. And when they got in there, patience continued to work. And the fourth man showed up as a result of patience to show them how to get out. And they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them because of patience. You see, folks, here's where we're missing it. We're trying to employ patience when we get in the middle of the fire. Patience is whatever you started on in this word, you continue on. It's not, let me do it now that I'm in trouble. That's why so many people are in trouble. They're trying to do, get, get, get godly when they're in trouble, when you should have been godly before the trouble came. See, what you do when it's calm is going to determine what happens when the hurricane shows up. What you do in the eye of the storm is going to, be, we're going to determine what's going to happen when the wind comes. You see, as a pilot, man, you have, to, you have to plan your flight plan while it's calm. So if you get up there in the midst of a storm, honey, you ain't going back trying to plan something. You already, you've already calculated the trouble already in your flight plan. You just make a little detour. You do whatever. You just stay on the plan. You stay patient on the plan. A lot of us don't have a plan for prospering. We don't have a plan for getting healed. We don't have a plan for our family. Therefore, when trouble comes, it stalemates us because we ain't got nothing to continue in because we ain't started nothing. You understand what I'm saying? Patience. All right. Tribulation employs patience, and patience employs what? Oh, what does it say? Say what now? Patience employs what? Oh, I like that. It says patience now will employ the experience. What experience? The experience of victory. The experience. You, you will experience. Patience between the trouble and the experience is patience. Patience is what employs the experience of victory. Now, the experience of victory employs what? Hope or a blueprint. In other words, now that you, <laughs> glory to God, now that you have an experience of victory under your belt, you got a blueprint in your head. So the next time that thing shows up, hope is already there, saying if he did it once, he'll do it again. The experience of victory. Praise God. Now, I know that just tore up some of your religion. Well, I ain't never saying that like that. But that, that's what it means. Now, come on, let's go a little farther here in the Word of God. Romans chapter 8 and 25. Romans chapter 8 and 25. 
I hope you're seeing tonight, it's not that you're not doing the right thing, but maybe you're just not being patient with what you're doing. 25. Romans 8, 25. But if we hope for that we see not, all right, hope for that we see not, that means it's not manifested, right? Then do we with patience what? All right, if I don't see it and I want to see it one day, what's the key for me seeing it one day? Watch this. Patience. All right. Romans 15, 4. Romans 15 and 4. And look what he says here in verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our what? I like that. God says, so that, that takes care of all the people who say, well, God don't want you to read the Old Testament. Well, foot, if he didn't want you to read the Old Testament, he wouldn't have gave you the Old Testament. But he wants you to read the Old Testament because it says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our what? Our learning. Look at the children of Israel and how long they stayed in rebellion. And they should have went right on into Canaan, but their rebellion kept them wandering around in the promised land. And there are a lot of Christians rebelling against the word today, and they're just wandering around, wandering around in the promised land, for, uh, excuse me, in the, in the wilderness for another 40 years because they won't do what God tells them to do. Where were they? For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through what and what? So what is it that I'm supposed to be patient about? The Scripture. That we through patience and the comfort of Scriptures might have what? Hope. See, I can through the Scriptures and through patience See, I'm going to need all these things, man, because I'm looking at the scriptures and the scriptures are producing hope. But patience now, I got to have the scriptures and I got to have patience and I got to have hope in, all those, in order for all those things to come fast. And, and you'll see that in a moment. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter, well, let me read verse 5. Now, the God of patience, look at there, the God of what? The God of what? The God of what? I mean, if we have the God of patience, then you, you, we, we, we should have the children of patience, right? You got the father of patience, then father of patience ought to produce the children of patience. Second Corinthians chapter twelve and twelve. Second Corinthians chapter twelve and twelve. Somebody say, What you doing? I'm building a case. I'm building a case so you will never go back to where you came from as long as you live. Never. And you ain't gonna be impatient no more. If God says you're healed, then bless God, patience is gonna bring your healing forth. Bless God, you're never going to turn your back on what God says you can have. Your patience is going to be the hook that's going to reel it on in. You hear me? 12, 12. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all what? In signs and wonders and in mighty deeds. I like that. Signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience. So that shows me that patience has the ability to produce some signs and wonders. Come on over to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 11. Boy. Look at verse 10. 110. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. How many want to be fruitful in every good work? And increasing in the knowledge. Notice he says if you're going to be fruitful in every good work, you've got to increase in what? Strengthen with all might according to the glorious power. Unto all what? Unto all what? Unto all what? 
strengthened unto all what? Man, he's, man, he's making his patience sound like you got to have it if you're going to ever get anything. First Timothy 6. I like the way they did this. As we rightly divide the word on patience, the closer we get to the end of the book, the, more, the clearer it becomes. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after what? And follow after what? And follow after what? And follow after what? And follow after patience. So he says, well, to be going to get that, right? And fight the good fight of faith. And watch this. And lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed the good profession before many witnesses. So again, I see the ingredients of patience involved in laying hold of those things that are eternal. Come on, let's keep going. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. He's going to go on right out and say it here in this verse. In fact, they're going to be pretty clear the rest of the book. Look at verse 12. That you be not or a slugger, but be a what? Follower of who? No, 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 no. I'm glad somebody hollered Christ. Oh, no, and that, they ain't talking about being a follower of Christ. He said be a follower of them. Them who? He said follow people who what? Through faith and patience they do what? Inherit the promise. So he said follow them who use faith and patience to inherit the promise. Faith is the word of God. Patience is being consistently constant on the word of God. So it says the way you get a hold of the promises is that you first of all got to get the word and then you got to be constantly, consistently the same about that word that you got. Oh, praise God. If you get the word on healing, then he says you got to be patient about the words you got on healing. By his stripes I am healed. Well, that means tomorrow, by his stripes you are healed. That means when the pain comes, by his stripes you are healed. That's when the doctor says come in, you're going to die. By his stripes I am healed. Patience is going to bring the healing. That's why the devil tries so hard to change you because he can interrupt the flow. You're on your way into your zone. And you know once you get in your zone, can't nobody stop you when you're in your zone. There's a healing zone. Patience is the only thing that can take you in. Look at this in the Amplified. What is it, Hebrews 6? Thank you, Jesus. We're patient people. Hebrews 6 and 12, in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators, behaving as, behaving as uh, do those who through faith, by their leaning of the entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness, and by practice of patience, Endurance and waiting are now inheriting the promise. Notice, by practicing patience, endurance, waiting, enduring, enduring, outlasting the pain, outlasting the doctor's report. I am patient. Same thing with your debt. I'm patient about my debt. 
That don't mean I'm putting up with that. That means I am patient about the word of God that says that God is ready to deliver me from captivity. And today I say I'm out of debt. And tomorrow I say I'm out of debt. And while I'm paying my bills, I say I'm out of debt. And when more bills come in my house, I say I'm out of debt. I'm not going to change just because the situations and circumstances changes. Because the situation and circumstances is trying to change my patience because it knows that my patience will change the situation and circumstance. So before the situation and circumstance will change my patience, I am going to keep my patience on and when it is finished, it will take care and change the situation and circumstance. Ah, sucky, sucky now. Come on over here. Hebrews 10.36. Hebrews 10.36. Look at verse 6. For you have need of what? Why? That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Oh, you mean to tell me you can do the will of God and not receive the promise? Oh, that's interesting. You can do it. I mean, I know lots of people who have done the will of God and didn't get the promise. I know lots of people who prayed and didn't get no prayer. I know lots of people who fasted and they same thing after they fast. I know lots of people who gave money and was as broke after they gave the money as they were before they gave the money. Why? Oh, it tells us here right now. He says, after you have done the will of God, he says, here's what you're lacking. You need patience. He said, the deal is, he said, you didn't do it. Notice, he said, you did the will of God. So you did what you were supposed to do. The will of God. You can't do no better than that. You did the will of God. But here's what he's saying. It's not, it's not enough to do the will of God one time. You got to keep doing the will of God. You got to, he says, he says, you, you are in need of patience. So I don't understand why I ain't got no answer. You ain't got no patience. Well, how come I ain't got no patience? Listen to what you just said. Well, what did I just say? Oh, I don't understand why I ain't got, see, your, your patience stopped right there. You, you, you weren't supposed to say that. You were, all of a sudden, you know, one day you said, praise the Lord, all my needs are met and I'm out of there. I got plenty more to put in store. And then all of a sudden, the circumstance changed. And you said, Lord Jesus, uh, they almost be bankrupt. Uh-oh, he messed your pay. Got you, got you. Got you. You can't get what you said. You can't get what you said. I know I'm talking. I got to stick here a little while because this is where a lot of people do this. And people do this. Y'all say, I've been looking at me like I'm about to do this. People do this. They come in church and they get all stirred up and make all these confessions. And a circumstance or a situation will change your patience. And he says, the reason why you ain't got it because you're in need of patience. You know, you'll come get all fired up. Oh, I'm a gill. Hallelujah. Yeah, we out of debt. Go home, get that big bill. Shoot, don't seem like God even listening to me. <laughs> so your, your patience has been interrupted. And instead of you starting all over again, starting off with repentance, Lord, I, I repent. I repent. I'm not going to be sluggard, but hey, I'm going to be patient. That means you got to grit your teeth. That means you can't be in bondage to people to be patient because people are looking for you to confess what you see. No. That'll interrupt my patience. That's why I got to call those things to be not as though they were. That's a part of my patient lifestyle. That's a part of me keep on doing something. And they don't understand it, but I got to let my, my patience is working. It's working on me. Glow, it's working on the situation. It's working on the circumstance. All I got to do is keep it on. All I got to do is keep it on. You know, if, if it's hot in your house and you turn the activism on for 15 minutes, and you turn it off, don't get back hot again. Oh, you want to achieve something, you got to do what? Leave it on. Let it do it. What? Let it do it. And you know what? When it does its work, it'll cut off by itself. Oh, y'all don't hear me. You ain't got to turn patience off. When you finish, it got by If you just turn patience on, let patience stay on. When patience finishes her work, she'll turn herself off. 
Let me go over here. I, I don't know. These, these guys, I'm trying to give them revelation and knowledge and spit, and they just kind of... Look at this, man. Go to, go to James. It's time to go to James. Because there's a scripture that just that says what I just said. James 1. 3. Verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh or employs. But let patience have her what? Let her. Let her have her perfect work. That you may be what? And what? And what? You know what he said? If you'll let patience have a perfect work, then you're going to come out perfect. You're going to come out entire. And you're going to come out wanting nothing if you let her do her job. Just like you let that uh, acquisition unit. Just leave it alone. Set it and leave it alone. you got to set yourself and leave it alone. You can, let me read the Amplified here, man. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm trying to show y'all how to absolutely go and get whatever you need in life. Impatience. Some of y'all sitting up there thinking this is another Bible lesson. This is a revelation from the Holy Ghost that's setting you free. This is something that will work. This is something that will produce something in your life. You ain't got all of it yet. If I, oh, the blind if I came up to you and said, uh, how much debt you got? $500,000. All right, here's $600,000. Man, you'll hit a, a jitterbug. Yes, you would. I'm getting up here telling you, I'm like giving you instruction. All right, this is how this works. Now, watch this. Watch this verse of Scripture. Verse 3, be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance, steadfastness, and patience. But let endurance, steadfastness, and patience have full play. Let it have full play. Let it have full play. Let it have full play. And let it do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. I, I don't know, maybe y'all had Kool-Aid tonight before you came here. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me read that last verse one time, because I tell you, it talks about lacking in nothing. Do you know what it means to lack nothing? Or I mean, King James says, want nothing. Well, why won't you want nothing? Because obviously you already have it, so you don't need to want it. You don't want what you already got. Perfect entire wanting nothing or lacking nothing. He says, but let endurance and, and steadfastness and patience have full play. Let it have full play. Let it have full play. Don't cut it off before it have full play. Don't stop it before it have full play. You may think it's supposed to come in two days, but let it have full play. Let it have full play. You might look back and say, how long do I have to stand? Let it have full play. Let it have, if you're still playing, that means there's some more to be played. So let it have full play. Hey, if it ain't going nowhere, that means that it's still playing. Let it have full play. That means if you're still having to do it, that means it ain't time to stop. Let it have full play. Quit trying to turn off and on the thermostat. Let it have full play. It's working on something. And it may take a little longer on your behalf than it takes on another half, but it's going to have full play. And when she's finished playing, when she's finished working, when she finished doing the job, you will lack nothing. You will want nothing. Why? Because your patience has done its job. Full play. 
now. Soul play, soul play. Now you don't understand what's going on. Now you don't know why that happened. Now you don't know why they did that. Now you don't know why they reported that. Now you don't know why they talking on you. Now you don't know why the devil acting like he acting. Now you don't know where the angels are. Now you can't understand why the Holy Spirit did that. That's all right. I'm going to stay like I was before it all started happening. And God's going to work it out for my good. I don't have to have us absolute understanding of why this happened and that happened. All I got to do is stay patient. The, the, all of those happenings are, are trying to attack my patience. All everything you can figure out, trying to attack your patience. All the stuff that hurts your feelings, trying to attack your patience. Everything that's trying to come against you to try to get you to quit and give up and faint and cave in, it's after your patience. God's looking for some tenacity. Some doggoneness. He's looking for somebody to say, I don't care what you do. I'm not going to give up my patience. You can talk about me just as much as you please. But the more you talk, I'm going to fall on my knees. I'm on my way up and I'm not going to turn around. I'm on my way up to a higher ground. The Lord has been mighty good to me. And that's why I'm patient. I am faithful to thee. Don't change, don't change, don't change, don't change, don't change. We change too much. Quit changing. Be the same Monday as you were on Sunday. Be the same Wednesday as you were on Tuesday. The same Thursday as you were on Wednesday. The same Friday as you were on Thursday. The same Saturday you was on Friday. Let her have a full play. Don't just give her a day. Let her have a full play. And when she finished, she'll leave you a notice. Perfect, entire, lacking nothing. Can you, can you see why impatience is an enemy to faithfulness? Impatience says, do it one day and stop. Impatience says, do it a little while and quit. You can't do that. Some of y'all have been on the brink of awesomeness. And the circumstances change you. Do you really think the devil is just going to sit back and roll the red carpet out? And just let you go get everything you want? No. Time you decide that I'm after that. So you say, okay, I'm going to change the circumstances. Because I know that a whole lot of them people change with the circumstances. Instead of being the same. Instead of just being the same. I believe this. I say this. I do this. I'm going to stay the same. You know, you declare I'm a millionaire. And time you have a couple of breaks, you, you, you forget all about what you started. And our lives consist of a whole lot of incomplete construction. We've started a lot of buildings and only finished a few because we didn't let a 
let her have full play. Full play. Full play. Total. Complete. Wanting. Nothing. Wanting. Nothing. And you know what? He gives the answer right, right in verse 6. He says, but let him that ask in faith uh, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the winds and the water. For let not that man that wavereth think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Wavering. Go up and down. You don't receive nothing. You don't receive nothing. The world can't stand to see a consistent Christian. They hate it. They hate it. They hate it when you come in happy on Monday. Trying to figure out what's wrong with you. They can't stand it when everybody else is all stressed out and you say, well, praise God. They want to slap your face off. You go home and they get in your car, you got praise music. Now, what you praising God for? They, they talking about closing the company. Well, hallelujah. Well, why are you saying that? Well, honey, you know, I've already declared that, that I'm more than a conqueror and ain't no use of me changing now. See, that thing trying to change me, but I'm going to change it. I wish I remember that song in the seven. Don't go changing, trying to please me. Don't change the color of your hair. Oh, something better And it is a I love you just the way you are. I believe by the power of God, He's like, once you get in His word, don't go changing. Trying to please people. Don't change the color of your hair. You know what I'm saying? Some of us, you know, we don't get it. God's a long distance runner. It ain't going to happen because you did it today. It ain't going to happen because you did it tomorrow. You say, well, I got, I did, got three days under my belt. Yeah, but you don't know all the mess you had under your feet. And before you could walk, he had to clean that mess off your feet. Because everywhere you walk, you track. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Hebrews 12 and 1 tells us how to run the race. Wherefore, Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every what and the sin which thus so easily beset us, and let us run with what? Let us run with what? Let us run with what? The race that is set before us. I don't know what race you're racing today, but the, the Bible says make sure you race with patience. Make sure you race with patience. A long-distance runner in track, it is recommended to get a stride and maintain that stride. Some of us need you to get in stride. James 5, and I'll, I'll end up here. Thank James 5 and 7. This is exciting to me, James 5 and 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren. Now, this is talking about our wealth transference. Be patient, brethren. 
until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waiting for the precious fruit of the earth has long what? Long patience. His patience is changing things. His long patience of seeing those who are last, last, and those who are first, first, is going to about to change that. And those who were first are going to be last. And those who are last are going to be first because of God's long patience. But then he told us to be patient. Be, be patient until the coming of the Lord. He said, now is the time to be the same. Now is the time. That's why God is so against hypocrisy. Hypocrisy just robs patience, man. And people don't get in the place where God wants them to be. It's time, folks. We know what to do. Now it's, uh, now it's calling for faithfulness and patience to do it long enough and to be reliable and trustworthy and dependable where God is concerned. That God can look at you and say, I can depend on them. I've got somebody I can depend on. And that's where the blessings come. The blessings come because you finished the race and you ran it with patience. That's where the blessings come. That's where the blessings come. I can't tell you the number of people who have quit when their blessings were about three seconds away and they slammed the door on the blessings, went back into the world looking for I don't know what. And they'll never know until they get to heaven what was about to break forth. Don't slam the door on your blessings tonight. Don't slam the door on what is about to break loose in your life tonight. God Almighty has heard your prayer. He has seen your faithfulness. And he's about to bring some things to pass. If you'll keep on, keeping on. That's what patience is all about. Come on, stand up to your feet. And let's, let's praise the Lord for a moment here. Lift your hands up and receive this now in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands up and receive it. Lord, I receive this. I receive this. I receive this into my life. I receive this into my heart. Oh, God, I will cultivate patience. 